It's Tuesday, April 5th, and this is episode one of season two of Talk Commerce. very excited for season two. We have some great interviews coming up. Brent Bellin from Big Commerce, Mariano Gomide de Ferreira, CEO of Vtex, Rob Holthouse, business development for Subscribe Pro, and Triathlon Terran, the e-commerce triathlete who is changing the world on coaching. I am also introducing my newsletter, The Platform where I am talking about different platforms for e-commerce and agencies and tech partners that will contribute to it. And now, your free joke. I was at a job interview today when the manager handed me a laptop and said, I want you to try to sell this to me. So I put it under my arm and left the building and went home. Eventually, he called me and said, bring me my laptop back now. I said, $200 and it's yours. Youth don't stop playing sports because they lose a game. They stop because they have had a bad experience while playing. We interview Tim Williams about his company and his approach to youth sports. Tim is the founder and CEO at T-Will Sports, a dynamic sports company that delivers a variety of youth, recreational, and competitive sports services. He focuses on youth sports and takes pride in the ability to educate through sports and the experience that comes with sports. His goal is to help parents and coaches inspire greatness within youth. Talk Commerce is brought to you by ChipBot. Are you enjoying answering the same question over and over every day? Do you wonder why people are leaving your site? Are you sick of knowing how many carts are left abandoned, moments away from a sale, or are you just getting exhausted thinking about parsing all that data from your website? I recently found this great tool that I installed on the Talk Commerce website. You can see it live right now at talk-commerce.com. Chipbot Pylons and Chipbot Nexus are two tools integrated into one plugin that helps you manage your site smarter. It took me less than 15 minutes to configure and install. I have a thumbnail video that I recorded myself and I can instruct visitors on something to do and an action to take. You also have the option of configuring different action items like send me an email. Through Chipbot Nexus, I can answer questions and more importantly, I can learn from my clients by listening to what they are asking for. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, you can log into your dashboard and get metrics on what your visitors are doing on your site. During the installation process, I got fantastic support and Chipbot helped me to make my bot even better. Try it today, it's free. Go to getchipbot.com and sign up today. That's getchipbot.com. G-E-T-C-H-I-P-B-O-T.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. All right. Welcome today. Today I have Tim Williams. He is the co-founder and CEO of T-Will Sports. Tim, why don't you 
go ahead and introduce yourself and do a better job than I just did. Tell us what you do in your day-to-day life and maybe one of your um, passions. Absolutely. In my day-to-day life, I run and contribute to the operation of T-Will Sports, which is a youth sports development and education program. We offer before and after school sports and also uh, deliver a curriculum that changes the experience of physical education in elementary and middle schools. So essentially, we've replaced gym teachers and upgraded the curriculum to more of a team sports, fun, energetic learning experience. So doing that, it's, that's my day-to-day. I know that when I was a kid, and that was a long time ago now, we had to do the 600-yard dash, and I always hated that. I know they don't have the 600-yard dash anymore, but maybe <laughs> give us a little bit about uh, what you do, what you're doing for the kids, and how you're you're changing their mindset and helping them to be successful? Well, through what we do is called, the curriculum is called social sports science. We try to develop socially, give them social skills to get through learning a new sport and working with teammates, dealing with adversity. The entire curriculum is based around team sports. So like the kids come to a class, we divide them into blue and red. So you have a team that you're going to work with as we coach you through nine different sports throughout the school year. So we'll go from a basketball unit to like a flag football unit or a volleyball unit or a kickball unit or a floor hockey unit. And essentially you get to watch and coach these kids through all of their emotions of being very good at one sport and not so good at another sport. But trying to help them keep that same energy of confidence, relying on your teammates. You're not always on a team with your friends, but you're on a team with people you're going to be with for six weeks. So learning to get along, learning to work together for the greater good of how you uh, perform and execute in class is, is key. And those are the same type of skills, I think, that will take them into the real world of just being able to adapt to certain situations, of recognizing when you're not as good at something as you are on other things and the ability to be coachable and teachable through all of that, all of those roller coaster emotions that, that middle school and elementary school kids have. Yeah. And so we met through uh, Entrepreneurs Organization, and I know that you're running a successful business. And I want to just bring us back to how and I can see how that helps the younger people as they move into their older parts of their life and how they can learn some leadership skills. How? What is your mindset to success and how do you see that working for yourself? I think getting into it and starting it in the beginning, it was a lot about coming of age, understanding that living in a society where you're told you're taught and shown that success looks a certain way. And so being able to take the ability to, I think, have a mindset of no permission, right? I don't need permission to be successful. I don't need permission to go out and try to build what I view as my dream or the success I want to have. or So I think my mindset is that of something of not asking for permission to take the next steps in my life or take the next steps professionally, or there is no such thing as a glass ceiling. There is The glass ceiling is the only one you put above your head. And just being able to put yourself in, in a position, take something you're passionate about, then figure out how you monetize it, and then figure out if that's something that's sustainable for you and your lifestyle. Yeah, that's such good. That's such a good way of looking at things. I know earlier you had said that you should be gauging yourself against gauging your success against yourself rather than others. Maybe yeah. dive into that a little bit and tell me what you mean by that. It's a, it's the only 
real competition that matters is the one that you have against yourself and trying to be better than who you are or who you were. And it's really the only quantitative way for you to gauge your own growth or success. I think that because where you are today is not necessarily where you'll be six months from now. And if you attempt to gauge your potential marathon versus another person's sprint, it's not fair. It's not, you're not, you know, looking at that through the right lens and you're trying to understand something that's happening that you can't control. You can absolutely control the rate that you grow, the level of energy that you decide to put forth into those things. And I think that the more you internalize it, the more that you keep that battle going on inside, you'll always, you'll never get comfortable. You'll always be looking for the next thing, always trying to be better than you were before. I think no one's going to be harder on you than you. No one's going to be more critical of you than you. <laughs> and you're trying to satisfy something that will just drive you through the process of that of the journey of trying to be better, period. Yeah, that's such a good analogy. And I think about trying to compare, say, Hussein Bolt against one of the top marathoners that it's a, it is a different, it's a different mindset. <laughs> and, and really, yeah. if you take that too, it's a different goal for each of those uh, people. And it's a different way of getting to that goal. And t putting that into business is such, is such a good way to frame it. How do you help or coach both your athletes and then business people in terms of making sure that they're not they're not looking at I mean from an athletic standpoint you look at the person next to you and it's somewhat healthy to try to beat them in a competition right. but you don't want to try to make it something where you're hurting yourself despite the fact that this person is going to beat you or I know in in running you can overtrain and then up get, end up getting an injury because you're trying to achieve something that is beyond yourself or there's somebody that's younger than you that's going to be able to uh, accomplish that easier there's so many different aspects to it i think that it's the running and is a great analogy it's about competing right like we're competing in business you're often competing but you're competing on a different level a different stage someone else is actually keeping score it's not actually you and so there's a difference between hard work and competition right like you can compete if I was to say, hey, Brent, I'd like for you to line up on this line and run this particular distance at this particular time. In this particular time, you will get on there, you will run and work hard at that. If I lined up Joe Schmo next to you, you will run differently. Right. <laughs> you're going to run differently because you're not you're not you're still working hard, but now you're competing. So it starts to look different. You start to, you, you absolutely approach that situation differently. And so being like, it's almost like you're running in a mirror, like you have to run in a mirror and just be able to internal. It, it has to be, it has to come from within. And you almost have to adapt that philosophy of running like you're running next to someone rather than running against a clock. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, too, when you come back to how you're helping youth and, and team sports, relying mm -hmm. on your teammates to help you achieve that goal. And I think it's important to look at, too, that you're if, you, if you're a team of five and you're whatever, let's say you're a football team, and is it 11 on a football right. team? I, 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, 70 or totally. Yeah, yeah, know, right. As, a, as an individual, you're never going to be able to have a successful team unless you have a great team around you. 
And right. I think that's such a good lesson, even in business. Then how do you how do you say I'm not going to be successful unless my team is successful? And as a team member, what good does it do you or your team if you're out there making a big thing about just yourself? It should be about the team. Yeah, I think success and growth comes from team. Like I, I could say, I've absolutely benefited from it over the past coming out of a pandemic year and going into. 21, not necessarily post-pandemic, but post of what we would call probably the rougher side of it. Like my team, my team has absolutely catapulted us as a unit to another level, another stratosphere. Just, and it, it was all about trust, trusting, number one, being able to trust them. And then embodying and finding people that embody some of the same characteristics that you do about, about the work, right? The work is what sets you apart. The work is what's going to push you ahead but you can't do all the work. Sometimes when your business is growing, the fact is you cannot do all the work. It's just, it is, it's a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to swallow, but it's a hard thing to accept. And once you've accepted it, then you, it's, you come to the point of trying to find the right people to put around you. And being the owner, being the, the figurehead, the person, you have to trust again, hope and train accordingly, help them help you essentially by putting the, giving them the tools, giving them the, the skill sets and the methods of the vision, the mission to go and carry those things out effectively. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a, another great analogy. So how do you see yourself helping both those young people? Then how do you translate? It is very similar, isn't it? That what you're doing and helping young people achieve in their team goals and in, in, in athletics into what you're trying to achieve in business. Something I have to practice daily. <laughs> I practice it daily, just making sure I practice it less from an athletic perspective and more from a coaching perspective. Right? The idea is at some point I'll be out of the field and I'll be coaching this team of individuals who will continue to carry out the vision of T-World Sports. And with that, it's, it's just like anything. We, we get, try to get better daily. We're honest to a fault, critical when need be, and often celebrate all our wins, celebrate every level of success we have. Because I think that's motivation to keep it when you're leading any group of individuals is making sure that they understand what success isn't just the big milestone. Success is every little milestone along the way, especially when you've built it yourself or it's yours, or it's something or something that you have personally attached to. And it's even greater when they start to have that personal attachment to it as well, because it changes how they work. It changes the way that they move and what they value through the process. As an entrepreneur, do you think that, is there anything special do you think that entrepreneurs have, or do you think it's something you can learn, or maybe just give us a, your view on what it means to be an entrepreneur? Oh, wow. I think that uh, for me, I think it was, it just took, it has a lot to do with passion. It does. It, just, it has a lot to do with passion. It has a lot to do with things that you, and then I'm not saying necessary passion for a specific thing. You could just have a passion to build and just to build and create. And I was recently, I was somewhere at an EO event and a guy stood up and he said something that really hit home. He said, I reached a certain age and I realized that I was 100% unemployable. <laughs> and it, it was like, wow. Yeah, I get that. I 100% get that. Like, I could say, right, my longest tenured job is at T Will Sports. 
and it's and I have zero and it feels like the first day. When you when there's something that feels that good, even in the worst days ever that could happen to you, <laughs> even when you're in the depths of whatever, it still feels that good to you. I think it's it calls you. I think entrepreneurship chooses you. It's just you see a pattern, you start to recognize it. Anyone who's being honest with themselves know it. That, you know, this is probably what I should be doing. Yeah, I always put the analogy that, I mean, I think passion is a great word for it. It's some kind of energy that you have to make the dreams that you have in your head a reality. And uh, passion is such a great word for that. What about from an entrepreneur standpoint? I've heard it. I've heard people when there's just a, a single person working and they're trying to do every single job and they're working as hard as they can. How do you coach people into asking for help when they need it? Well, they have to ask for help. They need to understand and know how to hit a pause button. Right? Yeah. You're working that hard, you don't hit the pause button. That leads to burnout. Even now, I have a team and I have it before. The, the one's most important thing is there are absolutely a handful of things that you can't pause on that can't wait an hour, that can't wait till tomorrow <laughs> and getting out of your own head, that's where it starts. Entrepreneurism, I believe, grants you the freedom to live your life on your own terms, but you actually have to accept that freedom. Right? <laughs> Some people will just have it, it just won't take time off or I can't, I have to be working, I have to do this, I have to do that, this has to happen, I'm working, I'm doing all these different jobs. At some point you gotta stop. You have to stop. You have to pause. You have to delegate. You have to figure out what what are you doing here? What are you doing there? And then I think the biggest one of the biggest things I learned is that when you are a solopreneur, an entrepreneur doing the only the, all the jobs, all ten jobs, you're juggling ten balls, right? So the first thing you have to identify is number one: every ball you're juggling is not glass. You identify the glass balls and you identify the rubber balls. The rubber balls you can drop and they will bounce and you will get picked right back up where you're going. You understand what the glass balls are, what the rubber balls are. If you can yeah. understand those two things, you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to do it for a little while longer, but at some point you're gonna have to get rid of some of the balls. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I know that one one entrepreneurial saying is you want to spend some time working on your business and not just for your business. Yeah. At some point, you become just another employee if you're just always working for your business. Yeah. And working on your business, meaning, like you've just said, taking a step back, taking a high-level view of it and seeing where you're at. If you don't mm -hmm. take a step back, then you're going to spend the next 20 or 30 years working in a factory and just producing something without really achieving or thinking about what is that goal that I'd like to get to. You miss, I think you miss some things. Like when you're so far inside of it, it's like you can't see the damage a tornado does from in. You got to step out and see the car, see what's happening. <laughs> and if you never step out, you'd never see what's happening. And so before you're, you've been lost in this thing for a while. And, and while you're in it, you miss the opportunity to either get out of it, move away from it, get out of its path, <laughs> try something different. But you have to, we have to be able to step outside of our business and then look inside and figure out how, because when you're so busy in there, you miss the opportunity to grow. 
you're missing a great opportunity to expand or there's probably something, a new way for you to do whatever it is that you've been doing. But it's hard when you're just working and working. And I guess the key, like you said before, at some point you have to find somebody else to work on your business, work, work in your business so you can go and work on your business. Yeah, I know that you've joined Entrepreneurs Organization now. Why did you decide to do that? What was it that motivated you to do that? Um, the information. I feel like the information is key. When you being an entrepreneur, you're in charge of your own professional development. So my professional development, I learned from others. I learned from people who have experienced certain things. I like to be hands-on. I like to understand. I like to know what is it that you're doing like how did you where did you where did you acquire this level of peace? How did you acquire this level of understanding? Because I think that the one thing that we all miss, and I think what's true when you under, start to understand this as you grow and become older, is the thing that separates one person from the next is information. Right? The person checking you out at Target and her supervisor or his supervisor, the only thing that separates those two people is the information. And the further up the line you go, the more the information is. And I see, I view EO as being a high level of people who have a lot of information <laughs> that that I can learn from, that those, I like to surround yourself with people who will force you to level up, to get to a point where you keep leveling up until those heights start to scare you. You keep going as high as you can until the heights start to scare you. Then you know you're doing some big things and you've seen some things. You see something promising and you're pursuing it. Yeah, I think a great way to look at it as well is that you don't have an opportunity often to speak to other people who are in the same boat you're in. And, and that's even it too, like the, the peer groups, like the, yes, like understanding, like I can, you can have the kind of conversations that you and I probably have with a few people. You're much more vested than I am. So you can have these conversations a lot where I'm four years in and I don't have many friends we can talk about, like, my work issues, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that's a thing. So being able to just be able to just talk freely about things and they understand having a level of understanding with others about some of the challenges and the successes who what they, they will understand they've experienced it on some level or something similar. Yeah. So if you were to give an, and again, an EO, we're not really, we don't give advice. We like to share experiences, but mm -hmm. if I think as a coach, let's just say in a coaching role, what? How do you encourage somebody to follow that dream and passion? Start. Person to just start. I think whatever it is, I think that's the hardest part, right? Starting. And once you get started, because I challenge them to not live in the idea phase turns into the regret phase. <laughs> so you know, fail at it if you need to, but just go do it. And I think that's okay. <laughs> Being okay with that, like they say, when you fail something, you don't start over. You start from failure. Start right. from experience, right? You start from experience, now move forward. It's never, most people who started a business did the first time did not work out. Or there were some things that they did wrong where they wouldn't do it a second time. Just following the passion, like I said, follow the passion, follow the passion, follow the passion. Because that's the part that you are going to fall in love with. And when you fall in love with something, you are willing to endure the things you will need to get to the other side to, to achieve the level of success you do. If you like it, you'll quit. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a good point. <laughs> if you just kind of like it, you'll quit as soon as it gets hard because it will get hard. That is reality. It will get hard. It will get challenging. It will get tough. You'll be discouraged. You will start to leverage things you didn't know you were going to have to leverage. All these things are going to happen. 
But if you love it, go through the mud with it. You're going to keep it close to the vest. It isn't going to deter you. Yeah, so, I, I remember having a mentor tell me that you're going to go through a phase where it's all all beautiful and, and it's rainbows and you're going to be getting to some point and then you're going to hit some walls that are going to be really hard. You're going to get some challenges that you need to get through and you may not even have enough time to do all those yourself. And that's when it's that's when it's the right time to ask for help. And I would argue that in the beginning, it's always mm -hmm. the right time to ask for help. But I think you made a good point about if you fail, then... That's just a good thing to know because you won't hopefully won't fail doing the same thing again. You've tried it at least. <laughs> Failure is definitely part of being an entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. um, I think if you were to interview the top 100 entrepreneurs, a lot of them have failed more than they've succeeded. But they're rolling the dice. is it's, It is a little bit of a risk. It shouldn't just be a roll of the dice. There's skill that's involved and there's luck and there's all kinds of different factors. Uh, and then there's smarts, and then and there's asking for help. I think you've hit a lot of these really good points. Yeah, it, it's just fun. And most of all, like, you have fun. I know, and, and the crazy part, we're having fun playing with life. I, I enjoy it because it's challenging. It's stimulating your mind 24 hours a day. I mean, your business is on your mind 24 hours. It's just these things that occupy your mind. and It's, uh, it's like a never-ending playground for me. And, uh, and that's my how I describe my journey. It's never in the playground in my head. I'm always thinking about what to do, how to change it, what to, how do we make it better. And whether anything, whether you do anything, and if you want to tutor kids, and start a tutoring company. Like, you know, go and do it. Figure out how you can do it yourself because it's possible. And there's, you know, there's just as long as you're willing to put in the work. And for me, a really good key is I have a great support system. Like, my wife probably had more faith in me doing this than I did. <laughs> or it is the people around you, the people who count on you, or the people who you count on. Those people have some level of belief in you. That's motivation to keep pushing forward. It's gonna jump off that ledge that is ever present. That you know, that ledge between weekly paychecks and we'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good point. Yeah. All right, we have a few minutes left today. What if you have if you have any parting advice in this pandemic period? What would you tell somebody? Uh, don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone. Try something new. I believe this pandemic period has challenged us all to be innovative. All of challenged all of us stretched all of our creativity. Be creative, be open, leverage your networks. Look around, see what I see, what else other people are doing in your in your industry. Figure out if, how you can add on to that or make that better. But all in all, I think if you're able to financially, mentally, emotionally, weather the storm, because I think we'll all come out cleaner, better on the other side of it, and a lot more broadened through the things that we can you're capable of. I mean, you, doing that, you may be surprised at what you come up with. Yeah, good. Very good. I, I know that uh, there's so many business leaders out there that two two years ago would have said, no, we, everybody has to come into the office. <laughs> and if you don't come into the office, we're going to fail. And two years later, or whatever it is, 18 months later, we've discovered yeah. uh, we have to make it work this way. Yeah. They, they wonder if you need an office building. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we've all gone through some changes. And uh, hopefully what you saw, everyone's just the leaders are being diligent on 
flexibility. Bending out of their comfort zone, like you said. Think back at 18 months and now you're thinking like, why do I need you here every day anyway? Forget the job. And so I think it's interesting. I think, you know, hopefully we get closer back to, this is our new normal, let's be honest. This is our new normal and it'll be this way for a while. So whatever next is happening. <laughs> exactly. Tim Williams, founder and CEO of T-Will Sports. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks a lot for having me. Bro. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. Be part of a great and vibrant Magento community. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.